Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When I first came into the first team, the players would go out on a Wednesday after the game yeah. and a Saturday after the game. Yeah. But we were all doing it. Yeah. Alex Ferguson pulled me in many times and said, how many drinks did you have? And obviously I'd... I'd lie to him. I would say maybe 10, 11 bottles, and he'd be like, 10, 11 bottles? What are you thinking? I'm thinking, if I told him the truth, that was every hour. <laughs> they were the best days of our lives. Yeah. Young player playing for Man United, winning trophies. You were like a manager in the dressing room, though. You want to get back in, don't you? Yeah. I think there's something in there where I could be a good manager. Everyone remembers at the end, you and the boss. But for 10 years, it was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it was brilliant. That's why my anger is justified, because I feel I was wronged. On the latest episode of The Overlap, I caught up with a former teammate and Manchester United legend. Roy Keane was the most influential football player that I ever played with. He was at the heart of the most dominant team the Premier League has ever seen. We talked about the highs and lows of his club career, Ireland, and his desire to get back into management. Roy, welcome to The Overlap. Every guest on The Overlap does a challenge, that's simple. It's spending an hour and a half with me right. and Jet. Right. And they always get a gift and I didn't know what to buy you. So basically, I've got you a couple of dog toys. Brilliant. Do you reckon Jet will buy into that or not? Probably not, she's not into toys, but we can try. Go on, let's have a see if we come can. Come on, Jet. Come let's on, Jet, let's see if we can go come on. Come on, any interest? I told you. Mm. Yeah, come on, try it, <laughs> eat it. <laughs> <laughs> go on. She might well, have had a bit maybe. of, maybe, maybe a bit maybe of interest. No, no, well, this... it's gone down well. <laughs> you know, I don't like dogs, Roy. You do know that, don't you? Oh, are you scared of them? I'm not scared well, of them. Well, how come you're nervous? Why are you nervous of dogs? I always think they stink. Well, they're an animal, Gary, you know what I mean? Roy, it's your 50th birthday. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's not old, is it? No, is it? no, no. Thanks. I knew that. What point in your life do you think you're at now, today? Oh, it's a bit heavy, isn't it? It's heavy, yeah. It's going to be casual. It's, it's going to be casual. We're going to line it up in a bit. I'll need a power nap after this, won't I? I um, where do I see myself? Well, like, now, if, you, if you're saying to me, 50-year-old Roy Keane, looking back at those last 50 years and looking forward in this next five or ten. No, what I would say is I'm pretty, pretty content with what I'm doing at the moment. But I have my days where I can be restless like everybody else. I think I want to be careful what I wish for. I'm saying to you, do I want to get back into management? But realistically, where am, where am I going to go back into? The championship, top of League One. You want to get back in, don't you? Yeah. I can't think of anything worse than getting back in. It just, to me, the idea of being in the training room, on a, on a training pitch, and trying to manage a group of players under that. Obviously, it's not easy. When I winded the management, Sunderland was second bottom at the championship, but Sunderland was a great club for me. Could have done better at Ipswich, but there was pluses at Ipswich. So I think there's something in there where I could be a good manager. That's yeah. what's kind of was pulling at me to go back in. I looked at your record this week. You got promoted with Sunderland. Right. You then keep them in the Premier right. League. And then you look, say, for instance, the perception of, say, let Frank Lampard goes to Derby, doesn't get him promoted. Yeah. Then he gets Chelsea job. Scott Parker gets him promoted, but then he gets relegated again. Right. Does the... Does, does the Gary, we're going to use that word a few times today. Perception. Yeah. It, that's the most important word in football, but perception is reality. So I got to Sunday, for example, we might as well start there, we get promoted, down to the players. Players done brilliant, and I got good back and good recruitment. We stay up in the Premier League. I remember we stayed up, and I'm still kind of, I see managers knowing they stay up, they're getting carried around the pitch. I, I remember in the dressing room, kind of still a bit agitated that we could have done better. And the season I left, we were averaging a point a game, I think, yeah, in the Premier League. Yeah. And I think we were in the quarter-final of the League Cup. But I was still agitated, I thought we should be doing better. So that was my lack of experience. I wish, for example, I'd maybe rang somebody like Terry Venables or somebody for a bit of advice and yeah. said, and they would have probably said to me, you're doing well, you're doing fine, relax. Yeah. But I was getting all a bit. Because you weren't like at the top of Yeah, because when we stayed up the first season with Sunderland, for some stupid reason, I thought we would then automatically kind of go up another five or six places. Yeah, yeah. Which is madness. When I see teams now, we do the TV, and you see teams stay up, you go, they've done brilliant. And I'd say, well, what's the priority next year? I'd say, to stay up again. It's, it's about survival for the first three or four years. We see that with any team that promoted, but I just didn't see that in myself. I just was got a bit impatient. And I, do you know what, well, Gary? I was in the last year of my contract, and I, was t I, I think part of my mindset was, 
I need to really get another step up now to maybe get a contract or to move on to another. Hey, did you get off a new contract? Yeah, I was in talks about a new contract. And I was just, because we'd lost one or two matches towards the end of my time there, I was kind of reluctant to sign a new contract as if I was panicking. And then we lost a few matches and I didn't want to be seen to be desperate by signing it. And then before you know it, I'd left. And in the meantime, in the start of my second season of Premiership, remember, Sunderland was sold to Ella Short and the dynamics changed a little bit. Obviously, results weren't great. But again, we were getting a point again, which I should have been going, OK, that's fine. What changed in terms of the, like, the relationship? Just, I suppose the way I... Do you know what? It's kind of the, the respect, the way he used to speak to me, Ella Short. I didn't like the way he used to speak to me. Well, what would you say? Just the tone of his voice. I felt... And I, and I go back to him when I suppose I left United, even with Ireland. I think if people speak down to me or show me a lack of respect, that, that does irritate me. And it doesn't mean to say I'm not afraid to answer to people. Obviously, we've got owners, and when I was younger, you'd senior players. But my last conversation with Alice Short, he said, well, you need to move up to the area. And I was like, you know, again, again, I'm thinking, I'm 35, 36, why should a guy be telling me, a married man with five kids, where I should be living? Yeah. Uh, do you see his point? Yeah, like, I, yeah. And, like and, now, but, do you yeah, see his point? Yeah, of course I do, but I still think there's a way of saying it. It's the way someone speaks to you, Gary. Yeah. If someone speaks down to you, really, I should, when I look back at my differences with other managers, I really feel I should only answer to my, my dad. I shouldn't be spoken down to by Ferguson or McCarthy. Why should they be speaking down to me? When I went to Valencia, there's two or three things that I thought, one, I didn't have enough experience around me. One, I didn't speak the language. I shouldn't have took the job in the first place, to be honest with you. But then I wasn't ruthless enough when I actually needed to be in big decisions like getting players out when I knew they didn't want to be there. or they... What do you look at in terms of sort of say Ipswich or Sunderland and think, I would have done that differently myself? Do you know, Gary, you, every manager, every everybody makes mistakes. That, that's what experience is about, is yeah. making mistakes. Well, where do I start? I, I think the key for me, I think where I got it right at Sunderland, the recruitment. Yeah. Getting the right players. I got in. it wrong at Ipswich. Yeah. And it, I brought in, listen, not necessarily the best players, not always the best characters. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the hardest part of them. Do I look back at my my coaching and my staff and think we got that really wrong? Yeah. No, I don't think I was doing too much different to Sunderland and Ipswich. What I was doing on the training ground and the pitch and do I dealt with people and you know, I think I think that was one of my strengths, motivating people. When you have a good group, Gary, you have a good group. It's as simple as that. And I just even when I did the Sunderland, we started to win a few matches, people were kind of making out oh, as if we were doing something extraordinary. We weren't. We were just having good training sessions. We got momentum. The worst thing that happened to me at Ipswich, I won my first two matches which was at the end of the season. So when I won the first two matches, I was thinking, maybe it's not so bad down here. You know, yeah. Maybe I don't have to get, a, it's not a big rebuild. And then yeah. we lost one or two players and we started the season. I didn't win in my first season. I think we didn't win for the first 14 or 15, but seven or eight draws. But as we know, draws don't get you anywhere fast. No. And then the start of my second season, I had a dreaded chat with the owner where he's in my office and he's, we're on the tactics board, you know, and you're going, why is he playing there? And you're looking on. This is this is not right. This is not right. I uh, I, I knew my days were numbered. Then when you explain to the owner, you know why isn't he playing right back? Why is he a left back? But I I think I've obviously learnt more from my time at Ipswich than I would have done at Sunderland. Do you know, when I was at Valencia, they kept asking me what my idea was, like in terms of philosophy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They kept, the, the, the media kept asking yeah. me, and I I found it bizarre. If you went now into a new interview and you got asked that, what would you say? Well, I, I have interviews. I've had interviews I recently. Yeah, yeah. I've had, so where have you been I've had interviews in... recently? Well, I spoke to a championship club about, I'd say, it would have been three months ago. And what did you do? Did you present to them? Was it interview? No, no, or... very casual, very casual. It was at my house, chat, yeah. the chairman. And to be fair, he was straight up. He went, listen, we just want somebody who comes in and wins football matches. Yeah. And that, that was fine with me. I didn't have to break down styles of play. And I think if you're winning matches, people don't then question... What's your style of play? You just bounce into the next match, don't you? And we've done it's, it as it, players. It's horrible though when you're losing it. I mean, seriously. Well, I, it's the worst. It's the worst thing in the world. And you've got that sort of that you go home that night, you wake up the morning after. It, it's, it's an indescribable. Yeah, feeling, no, it is. It's, it's shocking. It's shocking. It's almost as if you feel you're caring too much. But I had that as a player as well. I definitely felt I cared too much. But when you're a manager, if you lose your job, it's a long way back. Again, perception. People think I'm probably not up to it. They see me on the television, they think he's a bit of a head case. I fell out with McCarthy, Ferguson, they think he's trouble. But I don't think I am. I, I, 
How... You, you were supposed to say there you're not. No, you're not. All right, right, right. No, you're okay. not. No, you're not. Right. But you have to get to know you. You have to get to know you, don't you? So I, I think I, I was thinking that you know, in the last couple of weeks, in the last twelve months at Sky, in the studio, particularly with Mike, people seem to see the real character of you. Right. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, because but. It, you must understand why yeah, people but you, do but things. But I also think, yeah, I understand that a little bit, but if you're there to try and win football matches... But not a lot of people have a private audience with you to know you. Yeah, but how... But, but, yeah, but how... What am I supposed to do? But I go on a, go on a road show or something and try and sell myself... I'm a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> or the jungle. Go and knock it, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm more strictly dancing, I think. Come on, Jack. No, I know what you say. When people say to me, you've got to put yourself out there, you've got to network... No, but as a player, you were... You were like a manager in the dressing room, though. You were, you, you know, right, you, but that was maybe from my playing. That was the way I played yeah. and trained. We never used to have team talks or speeches. I, there was a few occasions I would say you might remember maybe two or three times a season before a match. I yeah. might just turn around to the group and say, "Remember, lads, we're Man United," and that would be it. That yeah, would yeah. be my no, chit chat. You, you would never my, do that. My, my way of leading was the way I played and trained, I suppose. Yeah. But we had loads in the dressing room doing what I was doing. Yeah. I, just because I had the armband doesn't mean to say I was the only leader. People said to me, "You know, I was the luckiest man in the world. We were surrounded by good lads." And that, I mean good lads. You must understand, though, that when you walk into a dressing room, the rest of the players... And to be fair, there's only three or four players that I played with that had that feeling that I, I, Roy is but, but what's the word? Eric, but I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that's a bit of respect, respect maybe. Oh, yeah, absolutely, respect. absolutely. That's yeah. the word I would go back to. Yeah, absolutely. Just like when I walked into Nottingham Forest as a 19-year-old, Stuart Pearce had that for me. Yeah. Stuart Pearce, I, I was looking at him going, he didn't have to sit open his mouth, just like the way he trained, the way he, he played, obviously. Yeah. I don't necessarily follow people who are just talking a good game. Because, listen, we, we know plenty of them. I was impressed by players who trained properly, who turned up on time, and who performed at the highest level. That was it for me. Everyone remembers at the end, you and the boss. When you're working with brilliant managers, and that respect is lost, and it was, then it's over. You're good fun when you're out having a drink. I think I'm good fun now when I go sober. You're a good storyteller. Is that not bad? What do you want me to do? Take my T-shirt off and <laughs> swing it over my head? I've said this to you before. It annoys me this perception of sort of the idea of obviously everyone remembers at the end you and you and the boss. Yeah. But for ten years, it was unbelievable. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But again, it was unbelievable. You were on the pitch, him in the stand. Yeah, it was brilliant. That's why uh, the anger I have towards the end of my time at United and we're Ireland, my anger is justified. Because I feel I was wronged. Like we all do something. We go, yeah. do you know I kind of played my part in that, but not not on them occasions. No, I like I like you, you. You might have a different opinion about, but I don't think so. I think. I was there. I mean, I, I know I, you were there, but but I, I yeah I done that Q and A with you in Dublin, and you said, well at the end, Ryan, the meeting, uh, you know, there's no way back. The damage was done about six months before that, but I knew it was coming. I wasn't daft because what happened at the end of it when you're working with people and brilliant managers, and that respect is lost, and it was, yeah. then it's over. As a player, is it fair to say United your career was split in two? On and off the pitch, really. Like in your early years at United, you were marauding, you'd run everywhere, you'd chase down in the right wing, you'd be all over the pitch, box to box, and then off the pitch, you'd go out with the lads, you'd go out after games with all the rest of the players. In the second part of United career, you was just complete discipline. I mean, like freakish in some ways. You went to like 5% body fat. It was less. Was it? Four point something. I mean, that's Towards ridiculous. the yeah, it is. No, it's not good. And off the pitch, obviously, you, you just didn't go out anymore. Yeah, no, you, like, yeah, I'd still go out. Nice, did, but you just, you... Yeah, I'd, I'd obviously drive, maybe. Yeah. But I think there was a... When I'd done my cruciate, yeah. that was a big one. When I was out for a year, it was tough. It was tough when you yeah. a long-term injury at the cliff. Yeah, yeah. The facilities weren't great. Yeah. And obviously, I was a bit older. Yeah. Kids at the time. Like, my time at United, same as Forrest. No one needed to invite me for a night out or a drink. I, you know, I used to love it. Now, to yeah. me, that was part of the package. But I had that kind of mentality from Ireland. I played League of Ireland. You know that yeah. win or lose, you hit the booze, all that stupid carry on. And I was a bit younger, and I got away with it. But when I done my cruciate, then I thought again, it, extremes. Obviously, I played in the middle of the park. But if you remember, towards the end of my career, I was kind of gaunt looking yeah, in some yeah. of the pictures. Yeah. I was picking up. Your hair was short. Yeah, I was picking up more injuries. When I say injuries, dead legs. I was cold all the time. I remember at United playing matches. You know, no, I, no, I, no. At 15, <laughs> but after 15 minutes, you know, in the dressing room, after I'd be freezing because I just I had no protection. But you were driving other people yeah, that but way as well. If you, you remember, though, Giggsy, a few of us went to a health place oh, in Milan, and Lauren Blanc. I remember the woman giving us advice about our diet, and I think the woman said to me this. The lads before they told me we went to Milan, they went, you won't be fed for four or five days. And I went, that can't be true. 
know, we didn't get fed for four or five days. And I was talking about carbohydrates, proteins, Jesus. And what I found out when I came back, and I remember the lady said to me, I need to come back, I need to come back on my iron, be careful with red meat. So what did I do? I stopped eating meat altogether. Now I remember missing a game for United against Arsenal, the doctor came, he took a blood test and he went, you need to sort yourself out, start eating properly. And my mother said the same, my mother came out from Ireland and only your mother would tell you. She said, what are you doing? I said, well, just this new diet, you know. And she went, you just you start eating properly. And I, do you know what I was trying to live like? I'll be honest, I was trying to live and act like an Italian or a French player. You know, when they used to... Was that because you had... Yeah, like because the lads links. in the dressing room... You nope. had links with them as well. You had links with Italian clubs, didn't you, at one point? Yeah, no, not even... No, I think it was when the lads were coming to our dressing room, like Mikel and Laurent Blanc and Fabian. And I used to be looking at them and they'd be, like, doing stretches and eating salads all the time. I was thinking, oh, do you know, maybe I'll try some of that. Because I was just eating bread and potatoes and pasta. Listen, still having a half-decent diet. But I forgot what I'm about. I'm Irish. You know, I, li I like my bit of rubbish. And that was kind of helping me in my career. That, 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 that's what suited me. A lot of my life stood towards the end. You said when I was younger, oh, when I was a first... When did you stop drinking? When was your last drink? Uh, I don't know. It was around the time when I... I'd done my cruciate. Yeah. My cruciate definitely triggered something I had where I went, I want to get... Obviously, I missed the game. Yeah. I was out for a year. I want to go back and... But you were good fun when you were out having a drink. Uh, but I, I, still, I, 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 I'm, I think I'm good fun now when I go sober. <laughs> no, I do. No, but... I, do. <laughs> I, I, I think I have a good crack now as, as much as I did. You're a good storyteller. Right, well, that's... Is that, is that not... Is that not bad? What do you want yeah, me to do? Take my T-shirt off and <laughs> swing it over my head. But when I was younger, but again, what happens is, again, perception. I remember when I used to go over to Ireland, or when I was at United, when I used to go out, people would go, oh, he's a lunatic when he's drinking. You know, he's you know, a bit of a time bomb, be careful. A lot of people yeah. say, and then I stopped drinking. Oh, he's a loner. He doesn't want to mix with anybody. He goes, what do you want me to do? If I go out, I'm mad. If I, I'm a loner. You can't win. You can't win. But my lifestyle definitely, Gary, to, at the start, with Forest and United, cost me a lot. I finished at 34 because of injuries, because I played and trained when I was injured. Well, you say it cost you a lot. Do you think that's because of the early years? Yeah, of course, it? definitely. And training and I picked up, picking up injuries. It cost me a lot of games and it definitely made me... Again, I finished at 34. And the role I was playing, sitting midfielder, I really should have played till I was 37 to 38 because yeah. the sitting midfielder is, I think, the easiest job on the pitch. Yeah. If you, to me, that's all about experience. Was that just something you say, you say about the Irish side and obviously going back to your upbringing? Was that because you just go out with your brothers, your mates, you yeah, have a drink? Yeah, and, and that's you know. in my DNA. I'm not a, I'm not knocking myself for it, but that was the way I was brought up. Again, where I grew up in Ireland, it was people would go out and drink at weekends. And when I started then getting a bit older, I didn't drink when I was younger, but when I got to 18... When did you first have your first drink? Maybe 17, 18. Oh. Where lads I knew were drinking at 15. I was, it was all about football, soccer. Yeah. And then I started playing League of Ireland. And League of Ireland is like men's football when yeah. I was 18. And what happened then after a game, League of Ireland, people go for a few pints after the game, and I just fell into that. Yeah. <laughs> and then when I went to Forest, of course, and I went to, it was in England, and I'm professional footballer, and I'm playing with Forest, and I'm in the first team, and I'm getting decent money. Happy days. You know, I was going... This even when I first come into the first team, the players would go out on a Wednesday after the game yeah. and a Saturday after the game. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. Why, but why wouldn't you? You know, when you're younger, yeah. when you're younger, you're 21, 22 years of age, you're playing for Man United, you're getting a few bob, and after a game, I fell out with the manager a few times. That was my way of relaxing. Yeah. That was my way. People took up golf, snooker. Mine was kind of going out, enjoying myself. And if someone said to me after a game on a Wednesday, and we'd go, we'd all go into Manchester, and we'd be having, a, we'd go to Chinatown, we'd be having a Chinese about four or five in the morning. Forget the fact we have a game on the Saturday. And I know we laugh about it, but all, that all catches up with you. But if someone said to me after a Wednesday game, going, what are you doing? Are you going home for a bite? Are you going home to refuel for Saturday? I says, no, I'm going in town. I'd be thinking, they're the lunatics, not me. I thought yeah. I have to go out and drink as much alcohol as I possibly could, come around towards the morning and go, I better get ready for Saturday. And that was the life. But you'd be always in, wouldn't you? I mean, everyone, they're all, yeah, everyone that went to, out I, would always be in Thursday morning. And of course, yeah, because you became that on Saturday. That's the thing that always hits me, that everyone was always in Thursday morning ready to go. But, Even if they'd been out till three, four in the morning. But part of it, I think what helped us, what helped me a little bit, Gary, is I think the guilt, I'd have guilt for going out. So I'd be thinking on Saturday, we better win. We better win because you're thinking, oh, because we're out Saturday and if the manager, the manager finds out, we're in trouble. So we kind of had to win matches and yeah. trophies to justify the kind of the life yeah. we were living. Yeah. But if I saw a player now, out where I live in Altrincham, and they were drinking maybe at one o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday or Wednesday, I'd be looking going, that's not good. But we were all doing this. Yeah, yeah. Obviously you weren't doing, you were a bit younger, but the lads around here, the senior players, yeah. that's what we'd done. But Alex Ferguson pulled me in many times and said, you were out in 
Manchester, you, you got a taxi, it happens to yesterday morning, something like that. Yeah, I did. But it's not breaking the rules because it's 48 hours, it was in our contract. Yeah. And I used to argue, I go, yeah, I did. And then he would say to me, well, well how many drinks did you have? And obviously I'd, I'd lie to him. I would say maybe 10, 11 bottles, and he'd be like, 10, 11 bottles? What are you thinking? I'm thinking, if I told him the truth, <laughs> that was every hour, you know? So it's just, <laughs> so you kind of tell the odd white lie as you go along, obviously. But you, you're having a laugh, you're getting away with it. And do you know what? I wouldn't change any of it. And we'd done the same with Ireland. We used to turn up with Ireland on a Sunday night and we'd have an international qualifying for the World Cup on a Wednesday. So we get into Sunday night, Jack and all this. And I was only a young player. And the senior players, I'm on about Paul McGrath, Kevin Moore and Andy Townsend, all this. And I'd be sitting there going, Jack, can we go tonight? And Jack go, look, lads, big game on Wednesday. You know, can we just go? All right, lads, try and be back for about midnight. Right, midnight. We're playing on Wednesday. Spain in the qualifying. Well, Jack, and I'd be sitting there going, yeah, I'll go for a few pints. But this is about six o'clock. You sit for six hours drinking. <laughs> Jack, 12 is a bit awkward, you know, to, you know, if you're out at 12 in Dublin, any chance you're at 2 o'clock, lads. 2 o'clock, be back for 2 o'clock, that's it. But Jack, you know, if you're out at 2, you're obviously in a nightclub. You know, if you stay out till 2, that means you're not going to leave a nightclub with you. Look, I'll see you in the morning for training, and that was it. We'd come in at 7, 8 in the morning, and Jack would push training back to the afternoon because we'd sleep off the hangovers. But you know what, Jack... It's obviously but a stupid thing. Yeah, because he was that was management. He knew the senior players. He knew Paul McGrath would do the business. Yeah. He knew as a young player, I'd probably do the business on a Wednesday. And nine, not nine times out of ten, but a number of times we would get results for Jack. And he go, "Listen, who am I to stop these lads going out?" You obviously couldn't do it now, and yeah. well, you couldn't do it now with social media, of course, sports uh, science. Yeah, I always remember the first time we won the league, and we were in Mulligans, and you walked in with Norman. Do you remember? Norman who? Norman Whiteside, right, right. With a flag. Flag, with right. the United flag. <laughs> right, right, brilliant. Yeah. And everyone just started singing. Yeah, yeah brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Listen, great days. And I count my blessings. Some of our chat here can be, oh, I fell out with somebody, or there was negativity here and there. But we, they were the best days of our lives. Yeah. Young player playing for Man United, winning trophies. And I love the dressing room. I love the dressing room at United. I, I tell you, Gary, I can't tell you how much I loved it. I, and obviously we go back and go, do you, what do you miss? Do you miss the trophies? Do you miss the money? I miss that chat. The thing was, you had to be out. I always remember not going to one of the first dues out and Brucey pulling me the yeah. day after and saying, never again. Yeah, yeah. And from that moment on, I never missed a night out right to the end of my career. Yeah, but you were always forced to go home, though, no, weren't no, you? No, 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 it was Phil. I was Phil, right, right. <laughs> and you were next. <laughs> Peter wanted a fight. And Bobby Charlton apparently stuck his head out and he saw me and him doing it. I bet he's thinking, f***ing <laughs> But I think we won the league that year, so it helped. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't like it when lads come in and they change. I couldn't understand why a player needed five cars. I never thought I'd see you on Instagram. I was laughing then, thinking when you're telling the story about you and Michael in Singapore. Oh, fighting, yeah. In the corridor. Fighting. And brilliant. it's just you two on your own. No. <laughs> and yeah. you're telling the story in the morning after. Someone wake up, he's drunk. Yeah, well, he's about drunk. 25 Peter. minutes it's going on. Yeah, but the good thing with me and Peter fighting that night, and it was his fault, and he held his hand up, he apologised. <laughs> it was fine, it was all like, you know, grown men were pre season, bit of tension in the group, which can happen. Grown men, obviously, you're playing for, playing to get in the team, you're playing for a contract. And Peter wanted a fight, and but I, I had a fight with Pally in Marbella. You know, that's, I was at Pally a few weeks ago, honestly, <laughs> great guy. When you tell that story, I was a vision of you and Peter rolling the corridor, all of us asleep. Yeah, I vaguely remember, I think Bobby Charlton, I told you that, he opened the door, he apparently stuck his head out and he saw me and him doing it, I bet he's thinking, <laughs> But I think we won the league that year, so it helped, I don't know. <laughs> but even that, when I came down that morning after that fight, I remember thinking with the lads going, I'm sure I was fighting, I can't even remember. <laughs> I remember my hand, I was like, I'm sure I was fighting last night and one of my fingers all bent back. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think Butty was on the scene, to be fair. Butty was... He was he's around, He's it? around Butty and he, he explained what happened. And uh, I think Peter had a black eye, to be fair to him. <laughs> and, was it over? Um, it brewing for a bit, on it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Again, like, the, the Ferg's thing at the end. It's, it's, it's brewing, Gary. It doesn't just kick off, you know that. It's, there's, there's tension, there's tension there. In terms of growing up, you played football, but you're also boxing as well. And you also had like, you know, you were doing sports like so, boxing, which is course, just, to me is like completely. Yeah, but where I grew up, that's that's all you do. There's soccer, hurling, football, and boxing. That was to keep busy, Gary. That was just to pass an evening, 
fitness. When I said under, I was only I was only nine, ten years of age. I'd done boxing for three or four years. That's yeah. so you like the boxing, didn't you? I like though, didn't you? Yeah, with, but, with yeah Mike. it's more the training. It's yeah. more the training yeah. and the discipline. And again, it's something different. Yeah. But I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have like 50 amateur fights. I had like no. three or four. My brother was a boxer. I've got so all my family. I've come from a sporting background. Yeah. So I was going to try my hand at every sport. And then when I got to what 14 or 15. When, when uh, training sessions were clashing with each other, I just thought, I'm just going to play football. soccer. My dad, listen, my dad played soccer at a good level. My three brothers played soccer, all at a good level. So the most natural thing in the world for me was I was going to play soccer. You but, lost your dad a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So that was... Is that bad for you? In terms yeah, of, of course sort of, it how, is. How do you deal yeah, with that, Roy Keane? Yeah, you just, like everybody else, you know, you just get on with it and... Yeah, it's tough. Do you think about it more did, now than you did before? Course, when you, course course when you, you yeah, yeah, yeah. But what he did give me, he gave me good DNA. I think he gave me, he was mad for the sports. He gave me good, good habits. He gave me one or two bad ones. He's, my dad had very little patience, to be fair to him, but... What was his best bit of advice to you? <laughs> no, do you know what he used to always say to me? Make sure you get stuck in. That, you know, that, that, that would be his technical advice. <laughs> get stuck in, but he was right. Get stuck in, no matter what happened with your team, if you're winning, losing, get stuck in. I think they were... Pretty wise words, you know. It doesn't have to be anything too fancy. And my dad played the game, and but he had he, he taught me he'd, he'd one or two bust ups with his managers. He played. For. He told me a great story, but he got new boots one day. He got new boots, and obviously, listen, wouldn't have had much money when he was younger. He's a big family himself, and the manager never played him. And he described he just picked up his new boots and he flung them at the manager, and that was. That was my dad, so <laughs> he's passed down. So the, I didn't have true boots, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never true boots at anybody, but yeah. And what about your mum? Yeah, well, my mother's still in there, yeah, hanging in there, yeah, back in Cork, and uh, going back to Ireland gives me a bit of a break. I need, I need, I need my fix. You used to go back there a lot, didn't you? Yeah, and I still do. And what I love going back now, again, with the freedom I have, I love going back on the boat. I always drive back. I go back to Dublin, drive yeah. down. When I got to Cork, even my family, my wife and kids here go. You know, you need to go to Cork just to get my... Nothing about you is lavish, is it? You do all things really simple, don't you, in terms of... Yeah, I think so. But I like nice things in life. You yeah. know, I like to, if, if I can travel or, you know... No, yeah, but I wouldn't... Be, I wouldn't um... Tell us about the watch story and the, the, the watch oh, you bought in pre-season. Oh, for United, yeah, well, that's an old story. But, yeah, Sharpie. But, again, sort of made mistakes like everybody else. But, no, I bought a... But, again, I first came to United, I've been a Forest, and I thought, you know, a nice watch. I was in town with Sharpie, great guy. And we saw this Rolex. Again, I didn't have a clue. Rolex watch, God knows. And the guy was trying to sell me this watch. And I was looking, it was like uh, 1100 But it was another watch for 2000 But he was saying to me, you know, I'd recommend the one for 1100 And I was thinking, good guy. Because I thought he'd be trying to sell me the more expensive one. So he took the watch away and I'm sent to Sharp. He said, he seems a nice fella, really good guy. He's, you know, he's looking after me. He's not trying to sell me the more expensive one. He went, what's it mean? I said, well, he's, he's selling me that one. I've given him my credit card. For you know, uh, one thousand one hundred and fifty in Sharpie. Went, no, no, no. I was eleven thousand five hundred. I said, you f***ing serious? Went, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best one is the guy. He went, well, tell the guy, tell the guy you you don't want him. Nah, sick. Cringy. Ego. Uh, yeah, quite ego. Play Gary. Yeah. <laughs> F famous last words. But he came out with a watch, and I went, cheers, thanks a lot. And I remember he said to me, you're very rare watch. You know, you know, people could chop your arm off for this. Very rare. We left. It was one in the shop across the road. I remember looking at it. And I said to Sharp, I went, hey, keep that to yourself. I went, you know, you know, I'm new to the club. But I don't want to think I'm a, I'm a fool. And the next day we get on the bus and all the lads are like, hey, what time is it? I'm like, oh, idiot. I still have it. I still have the watch. And it's gone up in value. So I think I was thinking long term, an investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's laughing now? <laughs> yeah. But you used to have the, what was your registration? RK. Uh, yeah. When I, no, I, J, no J60 Roy. No, when I kid, but you know what happened? I tell you, you know, another example. I bought a Forest. I signed a new contract before I left. I thought I'm going to buy a nice car. I went and bought a Mercedes, nice, and I went to collect it. And the guy went, "Oh, I got your reg and put it on it for you." He, the guy, who done it for me. I didn't even go. I need a private reg. And obviously, when you look back now, obviously you're cringing. It was red. It was red, as it well, was red of course. Like, <laughs> of course, it's, I didn't keep it long, obviously. But I was always wary, lads, at United for that. I probably was a bit. You didn't like it, did you? When lads come in and they change, you, you hate no, it. No, I, I did. I, I, if I'm going to be annoyed at me, it would be stuff like this. But, but I was. Com I hope I was coming from a good place. Jesus, I sound like Mother Teresa here. But I was trying to go. I just hated if I thought lads were getting distracted by car. But I couldn't understand why a player needed five cars or four cars, and Bex would do it, Rio, 
and I know they were making good money, but I just thought, please don't be distracted by the cars and the watches. Everyone's got watches, don't protect Philippe. But don't, my fear was always that that is now becoming your focus, not what the game. Good luck to you. Listen, spend your money all you want, Christ Almighty. Don't let that become your priority. That was always my yeah. worry. And maybe lads would maybe get I, irritated by that, maybe. I never thought I'd see you on Instagram. I, how's that? Who broaches that subject with you first time and says... My youngest daughter. And she goes, what, go on, tell me the conversation. Go on, Dad, Dad, listen, we were in lockdown. Can you do it just for a laugh? Blah, 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 sitting at the kitchen table. My 16-year-old daughter. And I went, yeah, come on, let's do it for a laugh, bit of fun. So it's my daughter. But I've met people, people have said to me, who's your team? Where's your team based? <laughs> I went, where's my team? As if I have a team. I went, like, play as our, as a social court, I'm pretty sure they have, but I thought, oh, I have a team, I have a team based in New York and London, you know, they work. <laughs> it's, it's me and my 16-year-old daughter, she's chief executive, yeah. Does she still manage it now for you? you... Well, we say manage it. <laughs> Can we do a picture? Let's do a picture today. That's, is, that, is that managing it? Yeah, is that managing it? I don't know. <laughs> but, but people said... I looked this morning, you've got 1.4 million followers on Instagram. Right. right. Well, what does that mean? It means that... you go, you're very popular. No, it's just people look at your photo. Is that you look at your photograph and have yeah. a nose at you? But you don't want to build. I think, to be fair, I think it helps you. You talked about perception before about how people see it helps, you. It helps me in what way? I think it helps but you. But I have a good life, helps me with what? I, no, because I think it helps you because you said about before about perception. Would it get you? me a job? It could. Instagram might get me a job. So that my pro licence, forget my pro licence and all my football experience, <laughs> Instagram will get me a job. That's great, that. You should have told me that years ago. <laughs> Jesus. The Mick McCarthy one. It's bizarre to accuse me of yeah. missing a match. But I just had enough, I went, no, there's no gear. There must be footballs. <laughs> no, no footballs, nothing. It was like, if you've if you seen the training picture, you look down and you go, is this for real? How did you not get agitated with most players with the demands that you put on people? But I, I didn't, Gary, do you know? I, but, but even though I was at you know, I never really got agitated. I don't think I did. No, but like the demands you, you know, I can imagine you looking at your players in your dressing room at Sunderland, I did. So I, when I was manager for four months, I'd look at them and think... But I wouldn't get agitated at a, at a player's, um, I suppose, lack of skill. Or, no, I, no. I, I'd get agitated by their attitude or uh. players being late or not focusing properly. You hate late, don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, you should, you shouldn't, you know? Why do you like people being late? <laughs> <laughs> Does anyone like somebody being late? You were late one time for the bus, remember? Remember you came speeding <laughs> the car park, do you remember? <laughs> Yeah, what well, happened now? Did I get Benelli? I don't think we find you. I don't think you paid it. Um, <laughs> do you remember? And you left your car running. You never got. You got on the bus because we were finding each other. So, oh, these little things would agitate me. Yeah, but I think there's nothing wrong with that. What do you make of Man United the last eight, nine years since Sir Alex left, and what the club's done? Chop and change the managers. Everyone thought Marino was the one, Van Gaal was the one, no Oli. Oli had a good start well, a couple of years back. Now we're looking. Would we'll go back to recruitment, chopping and changing, or pro problems maybe upstairs with the Glazers. All that doesn't help. Mm. I know when we were at the club, I think we felt everyone was in it together. Yeah, Whether that was right or wrong. And, and yeah, I, I think when you're winning matches, that's what it feels like anyway. No, we did, we did. We did. It, there, we did. there was that, and we had momentum. And I go back to our dressing room, I think. Well, I, I caught my blessings. I think, Gary, we're the best dressing room. When I first walked into the United dressing room, I couldn't believe how good the lads were. Dennis Irwin, Park, Sharpie, Giggsy, then obviously you were coming through. I'd never ever been going to a United dressing room and in my time in training going, oh, not a great bunch this or whatever, or we've lost it. And I fell out with people towards the end where I was demanding more out of players, but that's because lads I thought were getting distracted off the field stuff. I don't remember you falling out with anyone towards the end. No, but uh, if you remember the, the kind of last meeting we had in the dressing room before we went oh, upstairs, yeah. remember? Yeah. Listen, and, uh, but that I, was not, yeah. yeah, that was about phones and being on yeah. time and refocusing, which, and that was it. That was no big deal. You couldn't stand people being on phones. Are you like that with your children, with, your with the phones and stuff? Yeah, yeah, a bit at the right time. But again, I, I've said before, I don't, I don't live in a cave. I understand yeah. people, the modern players are on their phones and all that. And I know the game has changed, and again, I'm not a dinosaur, but again, I, I, I used to love the chat in the dressing room before and after matches and. When I first went to United, we'd be sitting there, you'd run about sports science, we'd be having a cup of tea with a box of biscuits and we'd be chatting, chatting about families, what we're up to, who was out last night. And again, I've got examples when I was at Sunderland Ipswich, I would put on DVDs of like great teams and great managers, documentaries, and I'd be intrigued by it and I'd be on the bus watching it. And it'd be Bill Shankly or something, I'd go, this is amazing. And I'd turn on the bus, and these are players you can't trap the <laughs> ball, by the way. And they've got the headphone, nobody's watching, I'm going, you might 
just watch it. You know, one of you watch, even pretend you're watching it. So you always say students of the game. I think the players know Are it you is. a student of the game? I, I bloody am, yeah. But other, I see the players know, and, uh, listen, they don't have that passion that I think they should have at the moment. If that's your job and that's yeah. your livelihood and you're trying to win football matches, we had a little bit, you get it at certain clubs and certain teams. Then we, I went working with Ireland, with Martin, with a brilliant group. It was brilliant in terms of job satisfaction. The Irish said it was brilliant because, again, we had a good dressing room yeah. and a group. Well short in terms of real quality, but we had a good group. You enjoyed working with them, going through your, that was brilliant. I loved the floor of the job. And obviously yeah. you've done it with England. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you're away together for a week or two, it's intense. I loved it. Should I tell you why I loved it? Because I was doing stuff. I didn't want to train the team, which I wasn't doing. I liked doing the analysis of the games. I liked doing the pre-match presentations, the post-match presentations, and that was me. I liked it. I actually didn't like the sessions. I'd rather not even watch the sessions, me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you. It's like, what I was watching like the that. sessions, I was like, but when I started, out. you know, when you first started your coaching badge, I remember you said, you have to see yourself as a coach or a manager. So straight away I saw myself as a manager, doesn't mean say you yeah. can't do any coaching, of course you do. Yeah. But I didn't have the passion for coaching that some of my staff had. Yeah. So I enjoyed that stepping back a little bit and maybe watching the sessions and not being yeah. in the middle of it. And the good thing about Ireland, you're on about being clear in your head. So we'd go away obviously for a week or two, you have them two games, nothing else mattered. You weren't yeah. worried about, when you're at club level, it's about the medical staff, uh, contracts, bonuses, yeah, academy. Yeah. It's cleaner. It's like, well, just focus on that match. Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. is going to interrupt us this week, you're in the hotel, and obviously I was working with Martin, who I found, I thought Martin O'Neill, you're on about working with people. And not many people have given me breaks in football, let me tell you. But Martin gave me a break by bringing me back in with Ireland. Yeah. And I was have to do a little bit of coaching. I was surprised you as assistant. At international level, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. I tried it at Villa with Paul, I went to Forest with Martin, and not yeah. for me. I would never again, not no. at, no. do you know, not at any level. Just because you weren't making the decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I was missing that. But the good thing about Martin was, Martin's experience, he kind of was, you were a feeling, obviously I knew he was yeah, making yeah. the final decision, but he, he was listening, Gary. Yeah, yeah. And he was great company, and he'd done a great job. Yeah. And we had a good group of players who were like, turn up for Ireland, having a go. But then at the end, with Ireland, one or two players started me off. Again, not training properly, yeah. talking a good game. And then, you know, I eventually fell out one or two players, which I think is part of the game. I think you're supposed to follow. You know, when people don't follow with people, I go, you know, you're not challenging each other or pushing each other. Do you feel like people throw your name in just because it's a cheap shot and it's a headline? I, I think so. I think some players, I, I've heard some players saying they fell out with me, and I go, I never, I never fell out with you. I think they, I, I, I think they enjoy the buzz going, I kind of, I challenged, they challenged me. No, I fell out one or two players at Ireland because they were turning up, and guess what, not wanting to train. Yeah. And I was looking at all their stats, and I watched these players every week, and I was looking going, you're not playing and you don't want to train, you're idiots. But these lads were idiots anyway. People think, oh, just because they're footballers, no, they'd be idiots if they're walking on the building side. They were just time wasters. And I, I couldn't tolerate them. And I think it was my job to challenge them. Did I challenge them sometimes in the wrong way? Maybe. Did I try and motivate them? Sometimes you get that wrong, but that's management and coaching. Yeah. And sometimes you get it right, sometimes you get it wrong. But you think they might want to listen to me, they might realise I've played at a high level, I've managed at a high level, I might have something to add, but they're just, no, 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 go on. Is that because, as well, with Ireland, that you're actually they're just going back to the clubs as well? You, you haven't got that attachment to them, really. Yeah, but yeah, but I think that's a good thing as well. Yeah. You know, we I, I got a phone call one time after an international match. One of the players never turned back up at his club, and the manager rang me, said, "Oh, such a person, I won't mention who." I was like, I couldn't care less where he is. We finished with him last night. I don't care if he's been kidnapped. <laughs> it's your own problem. You know, don't be bringing that to me. But that's so that's the beauty of international football. You you have him for the week. Where was Tenders. it? Where was it? I think he'd been drinking somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, but the guy had previous. But I still think my, the manager, why are you ringing me? As if I know where he is. I felt like I've done my work last night. <laughs> I'm relaxing. Again, find him yourself. And obviously he turned up a few days later. <laughs> the Mick McCarthy one that you talked about before, that emanated though from when you was a player as well. Did that be? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah probably so. Yeah, when I was a player. But again, when you remember when you get, I remember going to the senior squad with Ireland. And I don't expect fellas to babysit you, but some players don't go to the way to help you, don't you? And, 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 and there was plenty with Ireland, but there was one or two who were great with me. Yeah. Dave O'Leary, Andy Townsend, Packy Bonner, great lads. But there was other one or two who didn't even, and barely, I reckon, barely had a conversation with me, which is fine because you turn up on a Sunday night, Monday, and as you know, this is before the international break, yeah. you play on a Wednesday, there'd be people you wouldn't even get to chat with. Yeah. So me and Mick and I had a follow with Mick in America again, and we said a few Your things fault? to each other. Um, no, not really. Okay, listen, I was out of all I was drinking, but I was drinking with loads of other lads. Yeah. And what I didn't get, and what again, you hopefully... What happened? No, we'd been drinking, we were late for the bus. 
You were late? I was late, right. OK, I was late. So you yeah, are wrong, yeah. I was, I was late, yeah. I was late for the beer, and, and Jack Charlton was having a go. Jack's the manager. But I didn't want a player having a go at me who's never spoke to me. If Packy Bonner or Dave O'Leary, who probably helped me, were saying, right, you know, and I go, yeah, I take that, but not from somebody who'd never spoke a word to me and who was shouting at me in front of everybody. So that would have been the start of it. And then it comes to a head where people, I, I, I said to you, I finished when I was 34 because of injuries, because I played with injuries yeah. and trained. Like every other player, I'm not saying I was any different than anybody else. And then for a manager, again, a team meeting with senior players around going, you could have played in this. Well, we qualified for the World Cup in uh, 2002. You, do you not remember the group we had? Holland, Portugal, we had 10 matches. One seven, drew three. We had the same points as Portugal, yeah. but we had to go to the playoffs. Yeah. I think, I, if I remember, I played in all the games. I played in the first playoff match, and I missed the second one because I had an injury. So in 12 qualifying games, I played 11 and missed one. And strangely enough, and these are the facts, for a manager to bring it up to a senior player, I was captain, but a senior, that I could have played in that match. It's bizarre to accuse me of yeah. missing a match. So, but all the other stuff, people talk about the equipment, the gear, and all, that was all, we'd moved on from that. That was the week earlier. People still want to bring that up. But you were, to be fair, you were like that United. If the facilities weren't right, if the, if the training pitch wasn't set up, you were always... But that's, isn't that not a senior player's yeah. job? But again, with Ireland, Gary, it was to the extreme. Yeah. We qualified, you think after qualifying out of a tough group, we'd go over there and go, on, do you know what, this team might do something is here. Is that a financial thing, or is that like a plan? Uh, well, we, you know, you can't play in financial all the time. To get a pitch, to get a pitch and for your gear to turn up on time. You know, but Gary, you got to imagine it. We'd travel, obviously, 50 or 4 connection flights, and we ended up at a hotel. <laughs> 54 connection. <laughs> and we ended up in a, a, an island. An island? Oh, by the way, there's no gear here. Like, imagine if it happened with England, or France, or Brazil. But for some reason, it's Ireland. It's like, oh, it's, it's funny, it's Ireland. I couldn't get my head around it. But I did after a few days. I went, I have to move on. I was fuming. I left, let a few people know I wasn't happy, yeah. including the manager. But I moved on. We, because the next year we were flying out to the official training ground, which was yeah. with FIFA, which you're thinking, well, FIFA's going to be fine. But imagine you getting to a train... Imagine going to a training session, and remember, we qual we didn't qualify a week before we got... You know, it was a bit tight getting the gear over. We qualified six months earlier. I know, and again, you laugh at it, Gary, and I laughed. We, I'd, I've been laughing for years with Ireland. You know, this is what yeah. we do with Irish, blah, 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 you know, win or lose at the boot. But I just had enough. I went, no. Especially for the manager, I'm going, listen, you... That was the first time, I think, that anyone had seen you walking the dog, wasn't it, when you got back from Ireland? Well, yeah, but, you know, when you have dogs, guess what they need? They need walks. <laughs> I mean, was going to walk them? So we go, oh, you know, your dog's every day. Is this the first time you've ever been filmed on a dog walk where you've not been in <laughs> a bit of trouble? I've been chased, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but even then I came back and people go, oh, yeah, you fell up. But I, I, it, was, it was nothing to do with the gear, we got over that. So for somebody to say to me in front of you, again, yeah. with a load of senior players, players who played a lot more games than me, Sat in a meeting, sitting on. You have a manager accusing a player of something. If that was any other player, I'd be going, oh, hold on a second, where are you going with this one? Yeah. But it's all forgotten about because it's, again, the usual PR crap. And then when you come back, you're not, you're not PR, about. Are you? and then, but when you come back, I can deal with all that. But you've got family. You've got family now. It's politics, isn't it? Yeah, it would be, yeah, with it's Ireland. Politics. It was with Ireland. But I, I had that when I was 15 with Ireland. I had it when I went to, when I was 16, I went away with Ireland. We qualified for the European Championships. Yeah. One player didn't get a minute on the pitch. One player. And that was me. So I'd make kind of few hang-ups anyway going, I was told when I was 15, I had an Irish try, you're too small, you're not coming back. And I, you, you have all these hang-ups with yeah. Ireland, you know what I mean? And then you go with the senior team, eventually we qualify out of an unbelievably tough group. Holland never qualified out of our group. Yeah. And we're going there and people are going, but we just, there's no gear. There's, OK, what, what, what do you mean? There's no medical gear. No, no, there's no gear at all. <laughs> there must be footballs. No, no footballs, no, no, no bibs, no, but nothing. It was like, if you've if you seen the training picture, you look down and you go, is this for real? And all the other lads were laughing. I was looking at all the other lads and going, that's why you're winning all some of you at your clubs as well. There was a bit of that as well going, the laughing's got to stop now. Yeah. The laughing's got to stop. Because we fans, people go, is it money? We fans, you'd have Irish fans paying, borrowing their money, selling their television to go and follow Ireland. But they still want to see Ireland winning. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. I experienced that when I was a player and when I was at Martin. We lost our job because we won't win enough matches towards the end, which was a disgrace, really, because they replaced yeah. Martin with Mick McCarthy and then Stephen Kenny. But that's another story. Being in the public eye, I detest it. I hate it. Do you think it's because you're popular? No, I just think people who invade you with your phone, you're just annoying. Do you know I've only ever asked, I think, someone a picture once. Gillian Murphy. Oh, right, yeah, and he said, no, brilliant. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, 
relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So what, 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 what would you class as your passion away from football? Um, you love football. You absolutely love football. Yeah. yeah f- well, What's your passion like away from a... football? Family, dogs... Is that it? That's it? I love, no, I love watching other... Sp- I love, you say passion, I love watching other sports. Yeah. I've been to the last couple of Super Bowls, went to Miami last year. Do you go out for meals? Yeah, I go for meals, but I, I wouldn't go, like, what day is this? I wouldn't go on Saturday night. I'd go into maybe Altrim on a Tuesday at 6 o'clock for tea. So no-one was in? Yeah. <laughs> and then you know, just for a bit of privacy, Gary, you know, I... I think there's nothing wrong with that. You hate the idea of, like, being in a restaurant, it's full or... Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, that wouldn't sit right me, or, um, like, be, being in the public eye... Please, I hope you agree with me. It's, it's, I, I detest it. I hate it. Not more than people coming up. Listen, people can be polite, but still sticking a phone or following you on the camera or doing something you're going... And then the people think you're rude, but you, I'm the rude one and you're coming up. And I think really good fans... I, I bumped into United fan, the other guy, he was showing me his tattoo, and he just said, all right, all right, blah, blah. And he walked on, I'm thinking, that's a proper fan. People who invade you with your phone or jerseys, I think, you're just, you're just annoying. Do you think it's because you're popular? No, I just think because people are busy and they see somebody who might be in the public eye and they go, I just want a piece of you, or can you sign that? Even silly fans come up, hey, a photograph, you want a photograph of me? Why? Because I can send it, it's just, to me, it's a busyness. It's not, it's not a respect thing. Yeah. I think the people who respect you leave you alone. If I saw somebody walking down the street, people... If I saw Bob Dylan come down there with his guitar, I'd probably just go, hey, Bob, and then I'd walk by, I wouldn't go, oh, fucking photograph, Bob. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure I know what he'd say. So the people I might... Re- I... Have you ever asked for an autograph of anyone? Do you remember we went to London for the BBC? We got sports team there. Did you get a photograph of Muhammad Ali? Do you remember Muhammad Ali no, was there? No, I didn't, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, and I would, that would have been the ideal situation if I was going to go after anybody. Listen, yeah. but if you remember when the show finished, all the lads were over, and I remember going, um, leave him alone. And yeah. I'm glad I did. He was an old man. He was not, not well. Yeah. But that's the one I would have got a photograph I've, I've asked one player to swap a jersey, which I regret, when we, I played Germany with Ireland pre... In your life? Once for, to swap a, a player uh, for Germany in the pre-94 World Cup. We played Germany in a friendly, and after the game, again, we beat them, to be fair, and he's walking on. I said, just... I was being polite, because we're like... It? What's this, the sweeper, Samer? He said, no. I went, f- <laughs> Anyway, no, but that was it. And I just thought, I shouldn't be asking any, but I'm just kind of... Honestly, it was polite, but not that I wanted his jersey. If, if I really wanted to swap with somebody, probably even Zidane or somebody, I went... So after that, I went, you know what, it is stupid swapping jerseys, really. <laughs> and Zidane, I remember we played him United, and obviously Zidane, brilliant player. And after the Madrid game, we were walking up, and we literally, sometimes you just walk up the player, and I was like, kind of looking at him, I was like, and he was looking at me, I was thinking, he'd probably ask me, but no, I, um, and we didn't, I'm glad. That was the only other time I thought, well, I won't, and I'm going, no, nah, leave it. Do you know, I've only ever asked, for, I think, someone a picture once, and it was a man from Cork. I think I've told you the story. Killian Murphy. Oh, right, yeah, and he said, no, brilliant, I love that. I've been on set all day. Brilliant. You know, all the cast have come up and Killian Murphy comes on, I love the programme to bits, comes on at the end and says, no, can I have a picture? He said, no, I've got some filming to do now. Brilliant. What's up? I thought, he was a spit of him. (laughs) But I I get where he's coming from. He was working or he was in the zone. I think that's brilliant, but do do you not dislike him for that? No, I don't dislike oh, you're too him. Good, good. I don't dislike him. No, no, just it was a bit embarrassing at the time. You're, yeah, I oh, would be. Yeah, that's why you probably shouldn't ask. Because <laughs> you're setting yourself up for a fall. That's why I would never maybe embarrass myself like that in case somebody said. But there's no one. Ever, there's no one I kind of hold up there where I go. I'd love a photograph with him. You know what I mean? I don't think there is. Have you ever told the Tom Cleverley story? Oh, yeah. On camera. Yeah, which the one when he didn't come on loan. Yeah, <laughs> poor Tom. Yeah. No, I feel bad for that. Again, that was stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah. So do you want me to go there? You say, you know. <laughs> well, it's a long story, but when we had Tom at um, Tom, Kitt, he was coming to Villa on loan. 
but I knew he liked Everton because, listen, I know I'd heard that obviously he'd been there before and he knew Martinez. And I was gone to Villa. And uh, Paul said, yeah, we're doing it. And I was away with Ireland. So I rang Paul, he went, oh, Tom's now not coming. I, I said, Tom's now not coming. I went, are you sure? And he went, no, right, we've pulled the plug. He's, not, he's going to Everton. I said, I knew it, Paul. I knew, he was, I knew he was leading us up the garden path. We spoke to him for a few weeks. I'd spoke to him. And we were there and I went, are you sure he's not coming, Paul? Paul's the manager. He went, no, right, we're leaving it. You're away with Ireland. I'm away it? with Ireland. It's the international period, obviously, but transfer deadline day was that night. Yeah. So I, I get Tom's number. And obviously, I knew Tom a little bit of United. So I said, I give it to Tom, you're a disgrace. Blah, blah, blah. You've said you were coming. I know, right? So I know you. Uh, blah, blah. I went up for about, honestly half an hour. I remember thinking, hang up on me. He didn't even hang up. I'm going to hang up so I can stop. <laughs> so anyway, we're training the next morning with Ireland, and obviously I'm going. And they went, oh, there's a couple of players. I went, oh, I see Tom Cleverley's gone to Villa. I went, no, no. I said, no, the deal, the deal was off. The deal was off. And they went, no, no, he signed. I went, no, no, no. The deal's definitely on. He's not going to Villa. I ring Paul. I went, Paul, is he signed? He went, yeah, yeah, we done it the last minute. <laughs> okay, I'd say you've set me up. No, I said to ring Tom. No, I went back to Villa a couple of days. All right, Tom, good to have you on board. Uh, <laughs> honestly, hey, felt about that big. Hey, that's not a good story. That's a bad story. Jesus. <laughs> but there you go. That's. And you know what? A couple of months later, I think he ended up seeing his contract and going to. I think he ended up going to Everton anyway. So he, I knew Villa was a stopgap for him. What was Villa? You didn't like Villa, did you? The no, job, I mean, you enjoy the job. I, 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 the one reason I went to Villa because I was with Ireland. I went, no, the coaching with a Premier League yeah. team. I can get my hours in to keep, you know, learning. Yeah. I was learning because I'm a student, Gary, as you know, at the game. <laughs> and um, but I didn't like the group. I have to say, the group of players and, and what I do if, if I dislike group of players or if I follow one or two. And I didn't. Re I kind of kept my guard up. I went, I'm, I'm not losing it with players who I thought every club will have one or two. I thought Villa had six or seven lads. I couldn't take to because I thought really bad lads, not good pros. Well, bad for you is not behaviour, is it? It's like you just. Mate, what, what no, bad some, of it, some of it was behaviour, just attitude to training, oh. late for training, if they come off the bench, not trying because they've been left out. Yeah. Yeah, all that, Gary. Yeah. And then when I left, then I thought, I'm going to just focus on Ireland. And I think, was, is, it, you know, is it me? Am I just... And I, the, the players who I end up following, I, I, I followed their careers. You know, I do close in case I thought, maybe I got that really wrong and I was yeah. harshing them. They do nothing. Same with the couple of lads I fell out with Ireland. They do nothing in their careers. So I'm thinking, I kind of was trying to help them. Not that I fell out with anyone in Villa, I just, yeah. I couldn't be bothered following them because it was the point in going there with these lads who were imposters, who were disgraced. And some of them now were doing the media, talking about players. And if you'd listened to them going, you were the worst. There was, two, there was two lads at Aston Villa. They were the worst professionals I've met in my life for attitude, for desire, the way they'd speak to the staff. I used yeah. to look at them going, why are you? I never experienced that ever the way they were speaking to staff and then one of them tried to speak to me and I went don't speak to me like you speak to the rest of the staff and then that's you falling out with people yeah, yeah. so what do you do go alright lads yeah, I'd want to fall out with you so I'd want to <laughs> fall out with somebody Dan pander to them I made the mistake of saying student of the game on television once I think he said it about 400 times to me you said Wayne Rooney's a student of the game we're all students of the game this is the bits I love about having conversations with you we all love the game Roy, we do a section on the overlap called Failure is a Bruise, Not a Tattoo. Right, OK. Which is a, a saying someone sent to me after I finished. And right. I just... Yeah, but there's loads, isn't there loads of sayings. No, no, I know, I know. And there's loads of sayings. Yeah, I know, and just <laughs> plenty more of them, Gary. What, yeah. what moment in your life would you look at as being your low, where you think, that's where my low was? Uh, where you've basically it, lost uh, your confidence, you've had doubts, you've just thought... Oh, I think when I was a manager at Ipswich, probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when you, I was around, yeah, yeah, you just... That was your lowest point? Yeah. Did you have a psychologist at Sunderland and at Ipswich? Yeah, it was me most of the time. No, we had a, no, we had a guy... Again, you're on about what do players want. But we had a guy coming at Sunderland, and it was like, obviously, no pressure players, and the players went to see him, yeah? And do you know what I found out, Gary? The guy, when I used to finish, he'd obviously never tell me the ins and outs, but he said, more of the staff were going to see him than the players. At Ipswich? Oh, at Sunderland. Sunderland. More of the staff. So what I soon found out about that as well is going... Obviously, as a manager, you're focused all the time on your players, yeah. your staff. Your staff yeah, need yeah. that support. It could be family stuff off the field. And hopefully, listen, I, yeah. I'd like to think I've, I was helpful in that side of it. But you saw psychologists at United as well, because I did as well, yeah. when, when they were brought in. Did it help you with confidence, help you with...? No, not on that side of it. What I went to see, you're talking about Bill, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, the reason I went to see Bill was, again, if you remember at United, Gary, I, taught, I tried the weights, we tried yoga. You would try these things. So I went to see Bill. I, I don't think Bill was a great help to me, but he... He wasn't a disappointment either. No. But what I learned from Bill, he, his big message to me was, 
not necessarily about changing personality where I played, more about my me staying on the pitch. He used to always say to me, you need to stay on the pitch for 90 minutes because obviously I'd been sent off once or twice. So that's what I learned from him, which was which was good. Yeah. And if that's all I got from Bill, that's fine because I know you, I'd done it Ipswich. You can bring in the sports psychologists who do the videos yeah. with the animals nearly dying. You remember the crocodile yeah. getting attacked. We've all seen them and that is, yeah. the game is about survival. More so for management. Listen, do you know what intrigues me about football? I'll tell you about management. I've had two opportunities as a man. And listen, I have turned on one or two jobs. I'm not saying they were a huge job. But why do certain managers get one or two chances? They're gone. Yeah. And I mean finished. I'm, again, I'm a member of the LMA. Managers on that list. Then there's other managers get seven, eight, nine, ten chances. I, I can't understand why certain managers... And I'm on about managers' they, championship but, and league but you, one. But you won't network. You won't play the but game. can't we just networking, Gary? Yeah, but you won't play the game. What's the game? The game, you know the game. I don't know the game. You do know the game. I don't know the game. I it's don't about. Know. It's about... It's about getting in with the journalists, in with the media, in the with journalists. the chairman. No, it's about, it's about having that. It is. You know it is. You know it well, is. Gary, I, I, when I was in Ireland, I was scouting. I was going to matches every week. I was sitting in chairman's room. I was getting looked after. I was. Is that networking? I was being polite to people. Yeah, but you wouldn't network, would you? You wouldn't. I wouldn't network either. I'm not saying it's not unique. But educate me. What is networking? What is networking? You wouldn't play the game, the PR game, the media game. What the is? Game. What, 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 what do you want me to do? If what do you want me to do? To, what would help me get a job? Tell me. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Do an interview with someone. I think what you do, you, do you, an interview with someone from the no, Times, you, you, like something that carries no, a bit of weight. Build, you'd build your football idea. You'd have a presentation. You'd talk about it in that way. You'd, you'd, you'd play the game. You know, like managers doing interviews. They play the game, don't they? Yeah. That that sort of game. You don't play that game. That's I honestly think now owners look at, man, at managers and they think of them. Oh, what's their idea? What's the presentation like? What's the? I, I think they genuinely look at these things. I'm not saying I do. But I'm saying, you know that basically that's what happens. You said, why do some managers get loads of jobs? It's because they play the game. They... No, I'm on, about, I'm on about managers who've done nothing and getting like seven, eight, nine. I, 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 don't, I can understand a guy playing the game. Give me an getting... example. I, I, I got, who's going to be an example? Oh, Gary. What, who's, who, what managers have had loads of opportunities? There's been loads, Gary. I, I wouldn't even name names. It'd probably feel like I'm having to go them. Yeah. There's been loads who've had six, seven, eight jobs in the championship. Six, seven, eight jobs in the championship. There's been managers in the Premier League who've had loads of chances, loads. Again, it's perception. Yeah. I look at teams who are not winning football matches, obviously. I hear you, you'd be on the television, and I know we have a laugh about you go, oh, you said Wayne Rooney's a student of the game. We're all students of the game. Not, Wayne, Wayne's going to do it. Scott Parker's a student of the game. So and people say, oh, they come, I, I and people mean, say to me, oh, and I don't mean them two people, oh, they come across really well. What, in an interview after they've been beaten? Well, that's great, that. <laughs> so, I made the mistake of saying a student of the game on television once. <laughs> I think he said it about 400 times to me. But we're all students <laughs> of the, the last, game, it makes In the last three months. <laughs> I know you've got to say something on television. People go, you said it, but you said about Phil. Phil loves the game. Phil, we all love the game. Do you think Phil loves the game more than me? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not knocking Phil. But if people on the television go, someone loves it. Let, let me tell you, if you're going to go to management or coaching, you better love the game. This is the bits I love about having conversations with you. <laughs> this, no, it is, but... Jesus, we, again, I go back to it, dear, when we were watching matches, I remember when I was a co when I was up at Sunday and I came in one Monday morning and Real Madrid was on the, the, the night before against Barcelona and the staff were having a cup of tea and I went, what a game that was last night, Barcelona. One of the staff went, oh, I didn't know it was on. What do you mean? And advertised the last three weeks I was on the show. And I think he says, I was at my wife in York. I should have sacked him on the spot. You know, I didn't get out. I didn't say it. You're like, you can have a passion for the game. If you don't want Barcelona and Real Madrid on a Sunday, wait, get out. I should have got rid of him. What do you argue about at home with Theresa? What do you, what, what do you actually oh, get wound up about at home? Oh. Food? No. 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 Well, she makes me, I mean. <laughs> oh, not food. How can you argue Anything food? about Anything I do. <laughs> do you? At home? No, what do we argue about? Like, um, you check the fridge and it's not got, like... Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You check the chocolate, it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, listen, I'm with you, yeah. <laughs> listen, we're on the same page, yeah, yeah. <laughs> chocolate supplies are low. Um, but I think Teresa's a bit like what you would say. You, would try, and, you try and anticipate that. You read before <laughs> it gets too late. But I very... I very rarely argue. Honestly, I've got a great home life. Really good, really good home life, I have to say. The trees with the kids ever gone to walks with you for the with the dogs? Uh, it's, nah, nah. No. But they think that's my time. Is that your time where you a have bit, it? Yeah, yeah. A bit, yeah. I do ask them, I asked them yesterday and they were like, they looked at me as if I had two heads. <laughs> but I've got my music here, I got me, uh, I'd have my headphones on. You've so got I... AirPods? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you listen yeah. to music. What yeah. music? What's your playlist? Go on, get, what's Roy Keane's playlist? Let's get this. No, the, kid, the, the kids do it for me. 
the Pogues, you two. Mm. You're stereotyping me, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> the Blossoms. Blossoms, the Killers, Ian Brown, mm. Liam Gallagher. I listen to a bit of Noel Gallagher, but he irritates the life out of me. <laughs> Roy, brilliant to talk to you. See you soon. Cheers, Nev. Very enjoyable. On Formative, middle school kids from New York City public schools interview a phenomenal collection of grown-ups. Me, like, I don't know what I want to do. You don't have to have all the answers. I feel like a lot of people's favorite topics are, like, interest in their life. That is a really good answer. The podcast where the leaders of today are interviewed by leaders of tomorrow. Listen now at newyorkedge.org slash formative or wherever you get your podcasts.